Well, great to be here. Ni hao. Kia ora. Anyong haseo. Great to be I don't know it in Mongolian. I'm so sorry, uh, you guys. I'll have to learn that. But uh, it is so great to be here once again and see you guys and get to share something from the Word today. It's always good to come around the Word. And uh, here we are in week three of Tales of Old. Tales of Old. So, you know, it says in the New Testament that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So whenever we find ourselves in the Old Testament going through some of those things, we've got to recognize it's not just uh, prophetic books and narrative books and, and uh, wisdom books. It's, it's, it's all there to instruct us in some way. And I want to dig into part of that today. But let me start by saying this. You know, the reality is, is that sometimes we have to move on from our past. It's been said that the problem with many people is that they take their past with them instead of taking the lessons from the past with them and leaving their past behind. Big difference. The challenge can be, right, is that sometimes the past is where we feel our greatest memories are, our finest moments, uh, as Bruce Springsteen sang, our glory days. And sometimes that's true. Many of us do have great accomplishments, uh, amazing memories, incredible achievements that we have seen in our past that have been very defining for us. That's a good thing. Yet the problem is, is that sometimes our achievements can become anchors. The very things that displayed our progress can end up in some ways being the very things that hinder our progress that God is trying to take us into. We can feel, we can feel that things will never be as good again. We can feel like maybe, maybe today things just don't measure up. And that can be our, our jobs, it can be our physical abilities. For some of us getting older, you know what that feels like. It can be our friendships, our marriages, our holidays, our Christian experience. We can feel that maybe things are never going to be quite as good again. We feel that our best days are behind us, and that can lead us to feel sad, to be grieving, even to be hurt, even to be oppositional or bitter. But the truth is that sometimes we just have to let go. We have to accept the present that we are in, and we have to begin to dream again. Now, let me take you to the Old Testament this morning to explore this a little bit. There's a great story in the Old Testament when the people of Israel have been brought out of Egypt, out from the crushing slavery they were in under, under the nation of Egypt, and, but they find themselves now in a season when they are inundated with poisonous snakes. God has had enough of their complaining and criticizing both of Moses and of him. And so God has lifted his hand of protection off them. And snakes have come into the camp and they are dying in their thousands. People come in desperation to Moses, their leader. Let me read this to you from Numbers 21. And then people came to Moses and said, we sinned. When we spoke against the Lord and against you, pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole, and then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. That's an intriguing story, right? And it's a story about the grace of God, about God's favor towards a bunch of people who you know, didn't really deserve it. 
It's, it's a story about the power of faith. God was getting them to do something that required faith. They put their faith in God that when they looked at the snake, whatever had just happened to them would have no effect and they would be healed. It was a, in fact, it was such a powerful demonstration of faith that Jesus himself referred to it in regard to what was going to happen to him on the cross. John 3, 14. Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that, here it is, everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Everyone who believes. You see, to those who trusted God and looked at the brass snake that was lifted up, they were saved. They were healed. And in the same way, to those who trust God and who look at the Son of Man, on the cross, lifted up, salvation and healing is theirs. This became a powerful moment in Israel's history. So here's the next question. What happened to the bronze snake? Well, did you know that Israel held on to that snake? As a symbol of God's grace, I guess, of his incredible healing power, his salvation. In the end, however this bronze snake became something that actually stopped Israel from stepping forward into their future. Let me take you to 2 Kings chapter 18. Now there's a, a new king uh, over Judah. He's a young man. He's only 25 years old. Man, he is committed to doing what is right for God. He believes God word, God's word. He's going to destroy all of the idols that the nation of Israel have turned their hearts towards. Uh, and, and he is going to absolutely do this zealously. And we, we read about this. Let me read this to you in Second Kings. It says, In the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed the high places. Now, he smashed the sacred scone, stones. <laughs> the sacred scones. There were no sacred scones. That was stones. Sorry. Uh, the sacred stones. And he cut down the Asherah poles. And here it is. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made, for up to that time the Israelites had been burning incense to it. Now this is intriguing, right? It's 800 years later. 800 years, and they still have the snake. And they've got it up somewhere because they're obviously going to it and burning incense to it. And now this, this symbol of faith, of God's grace towards his people, this, this picture of healing, it's become an idol. And the young leader Hezekiah realized that this nation, this people, could not move forward in wholehearted faith and commitment until they were able to let go of this thing that they had now put their faith in. And he knew he had to do something drastic. He knew he had to break that snake. This ancient symbol of God's grace that they had carried with them for eight centuries. And to everyone's horror, this remarkably courageous young man took that thing, smashed it up, and threw it away. Why? Because, you see, it's not about the snake. It was always about faith. Amen. And that's what we've got to look at today. And, and you know what? We see this again and again in church life, I would suggest. 
And we need to understand this. You know, God asked Moses to make this thing, and now God asked Hezekiah to break this thing. Because people's faith was now in the snake, the symbol, this thing, whatever this was, instead of in God himself. We, we can see that sometimes. God might ask a leader to buy a building to reach the community. Then a decade later, God comes and asks the next leader to sell it because the people's faith has somehow got put in the building, this symbol of their significance, their importance, their respectability in the community. Instead of having their faith in the God who called them not to be respectable, but to be salt and light, that they might reach their community for him. Go and see the Jesus Revolution movie if you haven't seen it yet. We'll explain it perfectly for you. Maybe, maybe God asks a worship leader to sing certain songs, and then uh, sometime later God asks the next worship leader, or even the same worship leader, to stop singing those songs and sing completely new songs, even though the people love those songs. But the problem is, is that our faith can sometimes get put in certain songs to bring the presence of God when the whole time actually it was our faith in Him that brought the presence of God. It wasn't this song or that song or another song. It wasn't the building God responded to, it was faith. It wasn't songs God responds to, it's faith. It wasn't the bronze snake that God responded to. It was faith. It is always about our faith. You see, when a symbol becomes an idol, and when faith in God becomes faith in a thing, God has to break it or take it away. A powerful lesson for us today. Now, let me challenge us all today. There may be things that we have to break in our lives in order to move on into what God has called us to. Let me give you three things today that I think can become things in our lives that we end up putting a tremendous amount of faith and belief in, things that can hold us back from what God has first for us. The first one is this, past loves. Past loves. People that we have loved or jobs that we have loved or churches that we have loved or leaders that we have loved. Don't put your hands up, but has anyone here still got a couple of love letters tucked away in a box somewhere from a past boyfriend or girlfriend? Does anyone measure your current boss or your current pastor against the polished memory of what seemed to be a perfect boss that you once had or a perfect pastor that you once had? Can I tell you something? Chances are that that perfect girlfriend is now a twice-divorced crazy cat lady living in a run-down house somewhere with a fake tan and a blue rinse. Chances are that perfect boyfriend that you once thought so much about is probably now an overweight guy who sits around playing Nintendo and has no mates. Chances are the perfect boss is now a grumpy, elderly, alcoholic that nobody wants to talk to watching reruns of his favorite programs on Netflix all day. Chances are that that perfect pastor is now a sad critic of everything that the church is today, lamenting the loss of the use of his favorite Bible version while quietly wondering why nobody calls him and where the presence of God went. The problem is, is that we love an idea, not a reality. Throw away those letters. Forget that old boss. 
pray for your old pastor and move on. You know, God had to spell this out to Joshua when Joshua's boss, Joshua's father figure, Joshua's pastor, Joshua's mentor, when he died. Joshua 1 verse 2, God says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you, Joshua, and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them. God's like, you know, I know you loved him, Joshua, but the future won't be found in you and Moses. The future will be found in you and me. Move on. Is there anything that you once loved that maybe it's time for you to break with and leave behind and move on? The second thing that sometimes we might have to break in order to move on is past identities. Was it a job title that you were particularly proud about? Or an identity tied in with some peak performance? Were you an athlete, a star performer, someone with a a big desk and a top floor office, maybe someone that people were attracted to, someone with trophies that defined who you were. You know, when an identity we like becomes a source of strength, instead of our relationship with God being our source of strength, we are standing on shaky ground. Be proud of your achievements, no question about that. There's nothing wrong with that, but remember that it was you who made the achievement, not the achievement that made you. In Philippians 3, 5 to 9, we read about Paul, a man who had to leave behind some of his past identities. I mean, he was an accomplished guy, but he knew that he had to deal with those things because God was calling him to be somebody else. He says this about himself, circumcised on the eighth day, very meaningful for Hebrews, a people of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Here it is. But that which is through faith in Christ. It was about faith. And as long as he was finding his significance in his past, Instead of finding his significance in Jesus, he knew he needed to deal with that. Let me ask you this morning, is there an identity that you need to stop idolizing that's now restricting you from future possibilities that God has for you? Is there something there that you need to thank God for and smile about, but then move on from? Okay, one more thing. One more thing that we might have to break in order to move on. This is the third one this morning. It's this. It's past innovations. Past innovations. When we experience something fresh and new and powerful, the challenge is is that it can become, in our minds, the only way. Future success is seen as dependent upon doing that thing or doing it that way. 
Look, some of us have, have been through some real moves of the Holy Spirit. And gosh, it's just such a common thing for us then to judge everything else that God does through the lens of some great move of the Holy Spirit that he did back then. But then he stopped. And we look at everything we're doing now as somehow substandard. It's not quite where God wants us to be. And yet God is more than capable of doing that again any old day he wants. And yet we find ourselves judging everything in our present based on a moment in the past, something that was new, something that was amazing. Did you know that next year's fruit will not grow on the same branches that held this year's fruit? Old season growth needs to be pruned back to allow new season growth, and it's on that new season growth that new fruit forms in the same way, last season's new things, last season's innovations. I'm telling you, this is just as relevant to your jobs as it is to church. Last season's innovations are now this season's everyday and ordinary. We need to let go of some of our past innovations, our, our past new fresh things, and seek God for what the new thing is that he is wanting to do today. Remember, this is the God who says in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You know, maybe maybe a year or so ago, I, you know, I, I was sitting with Pastor Shane, and and Shane and I have been working very closely for two or three years in terms of his own development as a pastor and as a leader. And I was really wanting Pastor Shane to understand a little bit of how we got to be where we are today. So I got him to read a book that I know was a very very significant book to Pastor Luke when he founded Elam Christian Centre out in Botany. It's a book written by Robert Schuller. Uh, who, of course, was an incredible innovator in his own day. And, and in Pastor Luke's day, this book very clearly spoke to him and shaped so much of his thinking, and I wanted Pastor Shane to understand that. So Pastor Shane went away and read the book, and he came back, and we sat down to discuss it. And this is what Pastor Shane said to me. He said, Mike, what Pastor Luke did, I have come to realize, was miles ahead of his time. Pastor Luke was simply ahead of his time. He was so innovative. What he did was so different in its day. And then he said to me this. He said, but what Pastor Luke did in the 80s and 90s, everyone does now. Every church does those sorts of things now. He said, if we want to do what Pastor Luke did, we need to find out what God is doing now that is ahead of its time. And we need to find out what the new thing is that God is stirring now and start doing those things right now. From that came some of Pastor Shane's ideas that he is currently fleshing out with our now thriving young adult community. Here is a leader who understands that God is calling us not to copy the last leader's innovations, but to find out what God is wanting the new thing to be that he is wanting to do now. And look, while I'm on that, can I just say just for a moment, it's become increasingly clear to me, uh, and I've shared this with a few people, uh, that God is calling Pastor Shane at some point in the future to be the next lead pastor of this campus. I've known it now for several years, and with every month that passes, God continues to confirm to me that this young man 
uh, is the one who God has put his hand on and that there is a season coming when he will step in and lead this. And, and I've shared this with Pastor Steve and the eldership and, and they are in agreement. Shane's a gifted pastor. He's an excellent teacher. He's a man of great integrity, someone who really cares for people, a man of great courage and faith. Uh, and I am excited about what the, Shane, the future has for you, Shane. It's going to be very, very exciting. Um, as you guys know, and as I've shared over the next few months, uh, I'll be increasingly moving into more of an executive role to serve Pastor Steve, and, uh, and Lizzie's moving more into the role of starting and, and running our counselling hub for our eight campuses. Pastor Shane will at some point move into this lead role. We will let you all know ahead of time, and we'll have a bit of a party because it's going to be important. Uh, Liz and I, as we've said before, aren't going anywhere. This is our home church. I look forward to sitting under more of his teaching, which I find personally incredible but we do just want to let you all know ahead of time what we feel God is saying to us in terms of what is ahead. Amen? Uh, and look, if, if anyone wants to chat to Liz or myself or both of us about any of the, the things that are happening or the, the plans or the changes, we would love to have a coffee with you. So reach out, text one of us. We'd love to do that. And so actually this too, right, is all about faith. It's all about where is our faith? Is our faith in the God who is here, the God who is now, the God who is leading us forward? Or is it a faith in something that has happened in the past? We're going to get the team up now. We're going to come to a close in just the next few moments. And as they do, look, I just want to get really real for a moment, if we can. Super honest. You know, the, the truth is, and, and, it's, and, and it's fine, it's just, it is what it is. The truth is, is that some of us still think back to past leaders, past churches, past pastors, and we see them with a very rose-tinted glow before which nothing, for example, that I have done in the past 10 years even comes close in comparison, and that's fine. And some of you here have experienced God in this season in ways that you will never forget, in ways that, that for you have made this a season that is so wonderful and so powerful uh, that you will indeed, as we go forward, continue to judge other future pastors against what you've seen in this season. And that's okay too. As long as those memories don't become monuments before which we worship and in which we put our faith. As long as those loves, those identities, those innovations don't become anchors that hold us back from what God is doing and wanting to do in increasing measure in us and amongst us and in this community. You know, you don't lose anything. I haven't, I've never, I haven't lost the wonderful years that I had with Pastor Bob and Maggie Lawson as my pastors. They were my golden years in many ways. I haven't lost those. They're always, they always will be a part of my story, part of the faith that I bring. But I know that I do a disservice to them if I judge everything God is doing against something they did in the past. God has called me to bring everything that he has put in me to this present moment. And God has called you to bring everything that he's put in you to this present moment. For I tell you, in every season and in every generation, God is doing a new thing. And we are to look for that, have faith for that, step into that, believe for that. For in every generation and in every season, People get saved. 
in every season and every generation, people make life-defining decisions on Sunday mornings to adjust the trajectory of their life just a little to follow Him more closely. Truly, there is nothing more wonderful than for all of us each day to become a little bit more like Jesus and to touch the world around us accordingly. There is no greater tragedy than when we do that, but our hearts are stuck somewhere in the past. Can I suggest this morning that maybe all of us have something to repent of, something to let go of, and something to tell the Lord that we are wholeheartedly in as He continues to lead us. It's a pretty cool tale of old, this one. I've read the Bible many times and I'd never actually noticed before the story about a snake that had been carried for eight centuries. A snake, a monument, a wonderful bit of history that needed to be broken before the people of God could move on. Let me recap. Past loves, past identities, past innovations. All can very easily become idols if we are not careful. And some days, and maybe this is one of those days, we need to be the brave ones like Hezekiah, one of the great leaders of Judah, to break those things and move on with our faith firmly anchored in the one who gave his life for us. Is there a past love you need to let go of? Is there a past identity you need to lay down? Is there a past innovation you need to move on from so God can do the new thing in your life that He is wanting to do? Let's pray. Mighty God, I thank You, Lord, for the richness of Your Word. God, I thank You, Lord, for the truths that are in there that happened so long ago and yet are happening today for us and in us and with us. And I thank you, God, for your great wisdom and your instruction. God, you carry us so gently, but you call us to be a people not only of faith, but of courage, God. And I pray for each of us here today that we might do the work that we need to do, that we might walk with a fresh freedom and with a renewed faith in the God of today. Jesus, I pray for every one of us here this morning, that for those of us, Lord, who just need to do a little work, that we will do that today before we leave this place and that you will set us free to walk into the new thing that you have already prepared for us. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in a few moments, we're going to sing. We're going to stand together. We're going to worship again. We're going to sing again. And we're going to make a time there for anyone who would really love someone to pray with them about that, this or anything else. If you've got healing that you're believing for in your body or your mind or anything else, we're just going to open up the altar as we sing the song. But before that, I just need to quickly speak to those who maybe are here and maybe who don't know Jesus. You've never entered into a relationship with God. You've never taken that step of faith. Do you know the Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That means that God loves you and he wants you to know him and to experience his love and plan.
But the Bible also says in Romans chapter 3 that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God or fallen short of God's standard. And it's our sin that keeps us separated from knowing Him and experiencing Him. And that's why Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago and gave His life on a cross took the punishment for our sin that keeps us separated from God, that that might be removed, that forgiveness could be ours, that we could find a new beginning, a new start, a new moment through faith in Him. John chapter 1, it says, To all those who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. And that is the wonder of God's grace. It is simply about making the decision to trust Him enough to receive Him as God, as Lord, as Savior, into your life to let His forgiveness wash your sins away and to find a new day. Maybe that's today for some people here. If that's you, if you know it's time for you to get right with God this morning, then in just a moment, I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer. I'd like to encourage you to pray that between you and God from your heart. If that's you, let's do that right now. Here we go. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you love me. I admit that I am a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. But Jesus, I choose to believe today that you came and died on that cross for me too. That your blood was shed, that you were punished and destroyed in my place, that my sin might be destroyed. Heavenly Father, thank you for forgiving me right now of all that I have done. Jesus, I receive you right now as my God and my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for making me yours, for welcoming welcoming me into your family right here, right now. Fill me with your spirit. Make me new. Help me to know you and experience your love and plan in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.